You're listening to the Cute Girls Club podcast, a safe space for women to talk about sex, love, money, and relationships. Here at the Cute Girls Club, we laugh, love, and liberate each other. Cuties, buckle up, and let's have some fun on today's episode. Welcome to the Cute Girls Club, and I am your host, Ja. How are you all doing today, my cuties? So let's do the housekeeping. Definitely give us five stars. Share this podcast with your family and friends. Follow me on TikTok and Instagram. And if it's something that you liked about the episode, please definitely drop in the comments of the TikTok, the Cute Girls Club, or Instagram. All right, let's jump right on in. Generational unforgiveness. This one is a very, very serious episode. It will probably be an emotional episode. It may even be a triggering episode. However, my cuties, a part of us being wealthy, healthy, happy, um, charitable, and kind We have to look at all aspects of the things that are going on with us. And how this even came about is from my own therapy that I had um, Thursday. So let's jump right on in. So the next question, the first question is, is generational unforgiving unforgiveness <laughs> is it destroying you and your family for years to come because so we have this and I'm not going to I can only speak from my perspective from black culture but I'm quite sure it's prevalent in white in asian in spanish in indian in all of the different beautiful races and colors and islands of people, the generational unforgiveness is probably a universal thread that we all share. And the thing is this, some generation has to say, enough is enough. I won't be passing this on to my children so that they can pass it on to their children. Because the generational unforgiveness comes from hurt, pain, bad decisions, bad choices, just just bad stuff passed on from generation to generation. And it's like a it's a fungus, it's a it's a it's a, it's a growth. And it seems like it's a never-ending growth and a never-ending cancer to the surface of almost all families. So the unforgiveness, it stems from the hurt, the pain, the discomfort. the And, and this is the thing, the emotional reenactments, the tears, the fears. Do you understand the impact of generational unforgiveness, how it even impacts your body, the stress that it puts on your body, the confusion? So we got to jump into it because like I said, unforgiveness is like a cancer. It's a sore that never heals. But today we got to decide that we're going to start eliminating generational unforgiveness from our family. And it's going to start with for actual forgiveness. And of course, you know, it's 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 been said so much to the point that it's almost cliché and a lot of times you can't even believe it or apply it because so many people is in forgiveness is not for the other person, it's for you. And in your heart and in your mind, you're like, fuck them. It's just this, let's just, let's just call a thing a thing. 
And when you feel the generational unforgiveness, whereas just say for black culture, the fact that the whipping and the beating of children and the spatteroid spoiled a child where you've been, where the Bible has been weaponized when actually you talking about spirit of raw, raw, spoiled a child. No, this behavior is a generational unforgiveness where it also is generational emulation from the slave master. The slave master used to whoop us into alignment, whoop black people to make to them comply, whip them to place fear in them. Whip them into docileness. And we sat up in there and adopted this heinous whipping culture. And then we started passing it on to our children. And you got to think about, it's the same too in some white cultures, the beatings. Because the overseers came back and beat their wife and beat, beat their kids. Because you was whooping people all day. And we didn't have no mental health. We didn't have no therapy. So if you was a little hoo-hoo, little cuckoo, it, 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 you just walked around like that. A ticking time bomb of unforgiveness. And so a lot of the things that we do are because my, my parents did it. My grandparents did it. That's another thing. That's why do you think we get this molestation of girls? This generational. Alice Walker said it the best in the color purple. A girl child ain't safe in a family full of men's. Oprah said I had to fight my brothers. I had to fight my uncle. I had to fight my daddy. They be talking about some why women so so masculine because they've always had to protect themselves, trying to be able to will to be able to to um to consensually give themselves to a man, not because it's taken and stolen. So forgiveness is hard because your first response. Is to defend and protect yourself, whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, or economically. Your first mind is to defend and protect yourself. So it makes it hard for you to defend, to, to forgive somebody who has literally attacked you. So... This means you have to admit that you wasn't looking or paying attention or that you were so in love that your discernment was impaired. And so a lot of us are holding a grudge against ourselves. So we have an inability to even forgive ourselves. And a lot of us watched our mothers not be able to forgive herself. So she generationally passed on that same characteristic where you don't forgive your own self. See, you may even hold yourself accountable and not even hold a perpetrator accountable. And this is, this is more so for people who have been harmed as an adult. Because it's an unthinkable act when you've done it to a child. They're defenseless. But when it's an adult, you're like, this is an unthinkable act that was done to me by someone that I knew. Someone that professed to love me and I professed to love them. Especially when we're talking about in a romantic realm. So it's difficult to forgive this person. And I'm going to give y'all a little bit of a. A little bit of a recap of. Where I had to. Start my forgiveness journey. Because. 
It was literally just done kind of recently, maybe like in the last two years or so. And so I'm telling you all today's episode from experience so you don't waste your time the way I wasted mine. So, you know, I had my I had two little high school first loves uh, that was more puppy love. But my first grown love, I was probably, I want to say I was 21-ish. So that was probably 22-ish. So that would be somewhere around 1992-ish or whatever, whatever. And I thought I was so in love. And this was the thing. Because I went against my first mind. If I had a stuck with my first mind, I wouldn't have went through any of this. Because this person was somebody I hadn't had had was an acquaintance of. I was aware of his existence because he used to date somebody at my school, my college. And I knew of him and he would try to talk to me all the time. And I just would brush him off. And then fast forward to maybe a couple of years later. So I so I had been knowing of this person since I was 18. So fast forward to like 21, 22 years old. I go to a party with some of my friends. One of my friends was having a birthday party. I go to the party. I walk in. He's the DJ. He's trying to talk to me. I'm like, okay, go on about your business. I'm still brushing him off. Because even though the person that you was dating, we weren't friends, but I do know of her. So I'm just like very dismissive. He puts, y'all, this is an old story. So he puts the cassette tape in and he was like, can you just talk to me for, can I get 15 minutes? I said, all I can give you is 10. And them 10 minutes turned into some hours. And I hope they didn't pay him for this because he, he, if they did, he did a horrible job, y'all. Because we was talking the whole damn party. Anyway, my friend that I brought with me, rest in heaven, she was, she had drank, oh Jesus, y'all, I'm telling, I'm telling my age. She had drunk a slit malt liquor and a wine cooler. And she was all the way lit. So I had to take her back home. And so he was like, I said, well, I got to go. I got to take her home. He jumps in the car. And then she's sick. I'm trying to get her back home. So at this point, he jumps in the car. So I have to come back. So I stay overnight at my friend's house because I can't. At this point, I had a. Uh, I think it was like an 81 Plymouth Horizon. Y'all, it was it was a good little car. It was a $60 car. But it wasn't no car you were supposed to be riding at night in. Anyway, so he jumps in the car. I come back. We literally talk to the sun rises. All types of different things. And I found different aspects of who he was. As time went on, we was together for almost five years. I'm thinking I love this person. This person loves me. He does great things to me, for me. You know, great lover. We was friends. We laughed a lot. You know, things that you would think would be enough. But he had not mastered mastered the two things that I always tell my son. You need to learn how to control your emotions and your penis. And so he hadn't mastered that. His penis, he would take that thing on tour. He would do it to everybody, impregnate everybody. It was all it was just a mess. Women calling me, women saying that they didn't been in the house sleeping with him. They was taking my hair bowls. Women calling me telling me that he told him that I was his sister. Um, women calling me back even after we broke up, asking me where his location because they was pregnant. Um, um, 
police coming to the door because child support warrants. And it was if if it could have been done, he did it. Eventually left for left me with left me high and dry to be with a stripper. Even the last night made it beautiful, hair washed, d- dinner. You were thinking everything was fine. And the next morning he woke up and just left. We didn't have, and then, and because I was still young, didn't want it. He was like, well, we need to talk. And then this is the thing. Then the girl was like, can you come over here? And and this is called to tell you young and naive. I could have walked into an ambush. This girl could have been crazy and shot and killed me. And we, I get there, and she's talking to me, and and she's like, he's my man now, and da 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 da, and I'm gonna give him something that you couldn't give him. And I was like, well, what's that? And it was he. She was like, a baby. I said, well, he got a a shitload of them. That's not no hot commodity. But y'all, he left me high and dry. He had, and this is the reason why, after that, I said I would never be in an economic bind. I would never be in a position where no man has me in somewhere I cannot pay for by myself. That's the reason why I tell my cuties for y'all to go over there and get this gone and get this money. Because this is not a game. You don't let no man have you financially over a barrel. Then he had me emotionally over a barrel. He had me spiritually over a barrel because I'm literally laying here with this man who got all of these soul ties to all these different women because he probably slept with 10, 15 people, probably more during the time that we was together. And I'm wondering why I'm struggling, why I'm a work don't work every time I get a job, then it's over, their company closed, they lay off, they this, they that. Because I had all this here negative energy inside of me. And he hurt me in a way that I had never knew that you could be hurt by another person. He was deceptive, he was a liar. He was a cheater. He was a he he impregnated. He did everything. But then he'll come back and be so sweet, so kind, so giving. He'll give you his last. He will, you know, wash it, wash my clothes, iron them, wash my hair, uh, dry it, love me, give me kindness, pick my clothes, buy me outfits, gifts, birthdays. He'll do scavenger hunts. I mean, when I say he will do a lot of things. So it will put me in a emotional dilemma because when he does these horrible things my first mind I'm supposed to leave but then then he's so good to me then I'm like well maybe I need to give him a chance that's the reason why I'm I'm no second chance you don't get to do things that you know will hurt me and get another chance to do it again that's not how I work anymore People make mistakes, but when you make bad decisions that will negatively impact my mental stability, my emotional stability, and definitely my financial stability, it is an instant no. It's an instant deal breaker. It's what it is. And so I had to, I had to. Deal with the fact that when I gave myself completely to somebody, this is what they did. And so when I thought about it, this is the reason why men be like, I don't want to pay for the last man's blah, blah, blah. And and this is the thing. In my situation, they may not have been dealing with it boisterously because I was I would be quiet and I'm still kind of guilty of that because I don't, when I'm, when I'm around me and a lot of times I don't say a lot, I'm quiet so that I can pay attention to what's going on and get a true depiction and sense of who 
the man is. And I can't do that talking and running my mouth. So I have to observe. But I was quietly holding that in the relationships. The next relationship. Between the father issues that I had. Which was. Which a lot of us as far as even just the black community. Fatherless homes due to them just leaving um, uh, violent deaths or just deaths or drug overdoses. It just depends on what era you, you grew up in. Because if you was in the 80s, a lot of kids lost them, their, their fathers to gun violence and, dope and, and drug overdoses. So I'm literally broken into a million pieces because somebody who said they loved me did such horrible things to me. And so, and then I beat myself up for years. How did you even let him in? How, why did you even allow this? You already knew that this was not the person for you. You knew he was no good. Why did you let the snake charm you? I literally carried that up, up until almost two years ago, over 30 some years. Not forgiving myself and carrying it. The next guy, he was a dancer. I met him at a male review, dancer, beautiful man. But then when you peel back the layers, Oh, he was far more. He was smart. He was a barber. He was an owner. He owned shops and he was smart. He was, he, he sold his own outfits. He could dance. He could, he beautiful smile, nice person. But I still had some residue from that. And then he had a girlfriend that he had just broke up with. So he had residue from that. And then we both was young. And I think he's like. I want to say. He's three years younger than me. So when I met him. I think I was like. At this point 26. He was 20. That would make him 23. But he was kind. And he would run baths for me. And he would cook. And. We would eat them. He would. He we. He'll feed you dessert, and we would just talk and laugh, and we would have really good times, and we made great love, and it, you know he was he was a nice guy, but he also was a guy that needed to be free. It was like he was never all the way available. He never was completely gonna be available to me. But his was in the most, in the physical of was he going to show up? Was he going to keep his word? Was he going to be consistent? And all of the answers to those was no. But once I realized he was supposed to be a free person, I set him free. And we had a really big, big blowout when Tupac died. And we didn't speak for years. And we reconnected. Then he had a tragedy happen to him at the same time my mom died. But then I, I left, I, after I left him, though I had dated another guy for 12 years who was a mama's boy who was confused. He didn't know what he wanted. He knew he wanted great sex from me. I knew I wanted great sex from him. And so we gave that to each other. But we both did not have the emotional or the spiritual or the economic maturity to grow and benefit and build with one another. But I had to say, you know, and when he, the one, this, that one I'm talking about from 12 years, when my mom, my mom had a stroke on his birthday. 
and I told him I was at the hospital and he told me he was with his friends. That shit hurt me. And I never looked at him the same. Ever. Even when I would interact with him, I no longer could love him. But instead of walking away, but because I liked the sex and I was traveling, I didn't want to have to get nobody new. I really didn't. I didn't really want to go dick shopping. So I would just deal with him on a surface level. But I no longer could put my heart in it. But it turned my heart cold. Because of unforgiveness. Okay. Romantic generational curses also exist. When you've watched your mama or your daddy get dogged out. If you watch your sisters get dogged out, you watch your brothers always pick some no good woman, especially if your brother was a nice guy or your daddy, you know, every woman, every time they just say your parents split up. Every man she chooses no good and he the dog her out. But because her, her, your grandmama used to pick no good men. So a lot of this time, these these generational traumas that have been observed, we suddenly pass them down without even knowledge of why we're doing it. It's because that's what we know. When you see men who beat women, a lot of times they've seen their mama get beat. And because their mama stayed and dealt with it, they think that that's what women want. They want to be beat. And to us, we might that's a psychosis, that, that somebody ain't right. And that may be true. But it's also because somebody did not heal, didn't get to the, fit, to the bottom of that root cause of their hurt, forgive, and get their self-worth in alignment with the attraction of good people. Now, let's talk about the childhood trauma. That were afflicted upon you when you were helpless. See, these are the worst and the hardest to forgive because you don't have you have the inability of understanding the why. Why did this person even do this to me? Why did this person molest? Why did this person rape? Why did this person beat? Why did this person it's kids that's been set on fire, put in dryers. It's kids that have been literally beaten, drowned. All of these things that these are or put in the dumpster. All of these things, and the kids are like, "Why? I don't. I didn't. I haven't done anything to you." These are the hardest forgiveness. Especially when all you've ever done was just be born. And so. And I know a lot of people like, why does this even happen? And I don't have a solid answer. I just don't. But I will say this. Unfortunately, sometimes the trauma is given to you. So you can give birth to purpose. It may, it may call you because it makes you qualified to help others who are not strong enough to carry on. You know, you may be that you may be the glue between somebody's healing versus them taking their own life. Or you may be the clue or the person, the liaison between them healing and continuing to make bad choices and decisions. And let me give you an example about that in my own life. For example, me. I lost everything. All of my, I, I didn't have enough money to buy storage, pay for the storage. I literally lost everything. Clothes, mementos of my mother, stuff from when I was a child. I literally lost all these things in the storage because I didn't have 
I just, I, I didn't have the money. I literally was down to nothing. At times, nowhere to live. At times, having, having to go to the apartment that I had been put out of. I would sneak back in because I still had the fob. And I would go into the gym and take a shower just so I would be able to be clean. So that people wouldn't know how bad it was. I end up, I get, I get put out of my apartment. I get another apartment. I had a money, but then it's on a rush card. Then the rush card had a scandal where it took them three months to release my money. At this point, I'm evicted. I get another apartment. I'm evicted from there. I lose cars. I lose, I, I, when I say literally down to nothing, now I'm at the doorstep of one of my aunt's house. I stayed there in a depressed state for three years. And all of this is because I hadn't forgave my mama because I was angry because she left me. I hadn't forgiven my father because he placed my himself in a bad situation and he was not there for his family. You're dead. And I get at this point, see, unforgiveness does not have to have logic. Unforgiveness does not give you any spiritual clarity. Because if it's your time, it's your time. When when it's time for you to go home, it's time for you to go home. How you go is you're not it's not up to you. You can ask God to be merciful, but you don't know. And so, but it was a good side of me losing everything. Because it opened my eyes to the need of others. So now I'm on the quest. To beat poverty, to beat homelessness, to beat hum- hunger, to beat, to beat, beat people not having just basic needs. So sometimes when these horrible things happen, it breeds purpose. And let me tell y'all something. It ain't going to feel good. Oh, when you do good. You please God or the universe or whomever you believe in. But it's it's hard to give birth to these things when you're harboring unforgiveness. And this is the thing, my loves. I know people have done some horrible things. And maybe you have done some horrible things. And this is the sad part. Did y'all realize that sometimes people, horribleness becomes their normal. They so horrible and they've been this way so long. They don't even see what you see. They don't see nothing wrong. And this is the thing. I know sometimes the trauma that people inflict, it seems like it's going to be impossible to forgive. But the price of unforgiveness, that shit is so high. It can cost you. You see what it is? I gave 30 years to it when I could have been on purpose. So now here I am at this late, whole grown, big grown age. Now I'm trying to play catch up to purpose. Because I've been literally wasting time. Having to go to therapy so that I can work through all of this, this big old glob of hurt and pain. So I want y'all to know I'm not being judgmental here. I'm telling you all from experience. So let's break it down and talk about how unforgiveness impacts you. First, it makes you the victim. 
Anytime someone is the victim of anything, it makes them angry, it makes them scared. It's never a good thing. Unforgiveness, it'll hold you hostage. It'll literally restrict your growth. Then it'll take up your headspace. When you should be when you should be giving birth to new ideas, new situations, new happiness, new joy, new fun, new places, new new vacations, new 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 good things. Your headspace is filled with unforgiveness and ways in your mind how you're gonna get them back. And then it it eats away at your value. A little bit at a time. And it definitely takes you off purpose, purpose because it's a major distraction. It blocks you from moving forward. It harms you and it slowly eats your goals away from you. And it'll force you. Unforgiveness will force you to walk around holding hatred and hurt and negativity in your heart. And I know of lately, you know, ever since the plate, we talk about high and low vibrations. But unforgiveness is a low vibration. It is actually a vibration killer. Unforgiveness blocks your healing. And I know it's difficult, but you have to release it. Because unforgiveness is torment. It actually, it will constantly torment you. And you will find yourself living your whole life in the past. So much so that you impede your future. You impede your presence. Walking in Forgiveness may not be easy, but it's necessary. It's absolutely necessary. So we got to change the narrative and flip it from generational unforgiveness to generational forgiveness. And we got to start with the forgiveness of self. Some of us, you know, the therapist told me that yesterday. She says, you're, so, you're too hard on yourself. That's because I hadn't forgiven myself for a lot of things. So I literally have been, that's one of the things that I've been having to work on. And you can't. You can't forgive nobody else when you ain't even giving yourself that grace. When you haven't even said, I am worthy of forgiveness. Or some, you know, some of us have, like, you just heard my story. I had held myself in a space of unforgiveness for over 30 years. And for some reason, unforgiveness is so easy to harbor and hold for yourself and for others. But it's like quicksand. It's going to hold you back. And then also, too, I noticed a lot of us want to be forgiven, but don't want to extend no grace of forgiveness. And so... If you ask somebody, do you want to be? Of course I do. But have you forgiven the person who's done whatever it is to you? Y'all, you don't understand. Forgiveness is like that deep breath. That feels so good that it almost feels like it's your last breath. That's what forgiveness is like. That, That deep side that you know of relief that you know everything is okay that's what forgiveness feels like yeah 
Do you understand that you forgive yourself first and then you start forgiving others? And you put an action plan on how to forgive yourself. And then you start forgiving others gradually. And let's go higher. It's a double standard. You can't want forgiveness and don't want to give it. And I know on this podcast, the bulk of everyone is women. Because Cute Girls Club is mostly women. But ladies, you know how we hate some double standards. For instance, when a man cheats, it's brushed off as boys being boys. But when a woman cheats, she's a horror, a scarlet letter, a a infidel, a, a stain on the family. So you don't want to be that person where you don't have the ability to forgive. And let's be clear, when we don't practice forgiveness, but we want forgiveness, at that point, you know better than the perpetrator. Especially the grown people who have unforgiveness in their heart for grown people that they interacted with. It's just, it's not okay for your health. To hold on unforgiveness, hold on to unforgiveness and bitterness and hatred and especially revenge. It helps no one and it especially doesn't help you. Please understand. And I just want to be clear because I don't want nobody to think that I'm being a proponent of People should be able to just, people go wild, people treat you however they want to. I'm not a proponent of that. Because I want you to know I'm not advocating that forgiveness means that you excuses the, per, it, that ex, it, it excuses what a person has done. The forgiveness just releases you from the stronghold of the trauma that that person inflicted upon you. It releases the pain so you can move forward. It releases the heart so you can heal. So you can be free. So you can walk into the next chapters of your life unrestricted. Once you let go, it helps the heart. You'll see your life opening up. You'll see your elevation levels getting higher and higher. You'll have a clearer mind, a clearer heart to to actually do good things. Then you'll actually attract the good people that you actually deserve to be in your life. People who actually want to love you and actually they treat you, you don't want to love and you can love them back. So unforgiveness, releasing, it's about release. And you do understand when you don't release that unforgiveness, all you're doing is letting them letting the other person have a stronghold over your future. And this is the thing. Most of them people who done did this low down shit to you, they ain't even thought about you. They ain't stopped their life. They probably done missed treated 10, 15, 20 people since you. So they ain't even thinking about you. And you sitting around here harboring this unforgiveness. So my love, my cuties, you've already given these these people your past because of unforgiveness. Some of y'all are still festering this stuff. So you're giving them your present. I implore you to forgive people so that they won't have a chokehold, a chokehold on your future. And I know this one is a hard one. No one is unworthy of forgiveness. 
That one was one really hard for me to grasp my my mind around because I have a struggle with this one because people who have done things to kids and murderers and human traffickers and people who have um, injected people and um, OD'd and set up and and murdered and shot or stabbed or or it, it, uh, any of these people who have done some of the most horrible scum of the earth things. I've, I, I still be like, I don't know now. Because it's hard for you not to have the eye for an eye heart. When a baby has been or a child has been abducted or a child has been beaten or a child has been raped or a child has been killed. So it's difficult to feel the forgiveness. So that's why you have to get therapy. That's why you have to get help. Because some of this some of these hurts, you just can't get there by yourself. So do you know? That when you, like you will see a woman, she keeps attracting the same kind of man. A lot of that is because the trauma hasn't been healed. So you keep reliving it, rehashing it in every different person. I had to realize that because my father wasn't available to me. I chose unavailable men for years. Emotionally unavailable. And some like the one I told you that needs to be free, he physically was just unavailable. But so I had to I had to do the forgiveness. And I know people you'd be like this cliche, the forgiveness is for you so you can be unshackled. You know how an animal is in an animal trap and their leg is, is, is trapped in there and somebody finally releases them? That's the way you got to look at those traumas that people have inflicted upon you. That somebody has released the shackles. Sometimes we trapped in unforgiveness. Often unforgiveness to me, this is for my cuties that like, like a good outfit. But it has, it's like... Unforgiveness is like the a person's shoes. The hurt and the pain is the purse. The revenge is the $1,200 shoes. But you been and did all that and your outfit still look tricky. Because you ain't forgave nobody. The outfit is dripped in unforgiveness. But my, my cuties... I'm going to let you know this here. Never, ever forget. Karma never forgets a face, an action, or an address. So when somebody did something, they they coming. That's why when people be trying to sabotage you, and if you one of them cutest trying to sabotage people on their job, or do stuff that's hurtful to people, please understand when you dig one, dish dig two. Don't be out here hurting people. But like I said, you don't have to seek revenge. Because karma never forgets a face, a place, a deed, or an address. So all you have to do is forgive and release it. And don't even try to sit back and watch to see what's going to happen next. You ain't got to pop the popcorn and try to turn it into a... A uh, uh, lifetime movie you want to see this bastard get his? No. Release it and say, God, I give this to you. And let me tell you something about revenge. In the lovely words of T.S. Madison, everybody who puts in work gets paid, is what she said. Listen to me. Pay attention. Everybody who puts in work gets paid. So whether you do good work, whether you do low low down work, whether you do murder work, whether you do 
Everybody who puts in work gets paid. You're going to get paid back for the way you eat. That's why I try to be as good as I can be to people so I can get some goodness back. So you don't have to worry about revenge. You truly can leave that to God. Because he got time clocked. He, he, he see everything. So I'm going to give you guys his exercise that I want everyone to do. Say God or whomever it is that you that you worship. I'm not, you know, we love everybody. Say God, who is it in my heart that I need to forgive? And then I need you to write their names down. And I want you to start speaking it. God, I forgive such and such for doing such and such to me. God, please, and if you did something in return, Say, God, I forgive myself for retaliating against such, such, and such because I was not emotionally mature enough to handle this in a forgiving, loving way. So please forgive me. But we've got to get rid of this generational hurt that was passed on to our, from partners, our parents, grandparents, siblings, aunts, you know, but it, Start from the top when you make your list of people that you have un that you harbor unforgiveness in your heart with, and you can start with your parents. Let me tell you something: it is okay to have these type of feelings towards your parents, but it's not okay to not release it. You may have this towards your grandparents because your grandparents all raised you, or your aunts. Even some of us, the siblings, have raised us. But write down their name, whether it's your best friend, acquaintance, whoever. Whether it was a boyfriend, write his name down. Even if it was an employer or employee, write their name down. And then do a forgiveness exercise. Fill in their name. Take a deep breath. After each forgiveness exercise, I forgive so-and-so. For such and such for me. Several times. Till you get good at it and then you're comfortable with it. So we need to ask ourselves. Is forgiveness. Is it really worth it? Um, and the answer is yes. I would say. You know and I guess too. You need to assess the hurt. Assess who the hurt came from. How long ago. How has it impacted you in a negative way or in a positive way? Because that's how you're going to see where the benefit of forgiveness is. And again, when they keep saying that it's cliche that forgiveness is not for the other person. It is for you because it is for your your mental sanity. Like what's the benefits even of revenge? You know, what what is it? Does it does it why do you want to seek revenge? Is it going to make you feel better? Is it going to make you richer? Is it going to make you smarter? Is it going to make you a better person? Is it going to make you money? Is it you know, so you know what is the point of and the benefits of revenge? Even if it makes you feel good, is it going to be temporary? Is it going to be eternal? All right. Also, too, with every action, there's an adverse reaction. That's just the laws of physics right there. So, you know, let's say you seek revenge, but then you do understand that it may come out back on you. When you dig one ditch, you might as well dig two. Because of the simple fact is, is, is that you don't want that stuff to come back on you. So to me, the benefits of forgiveness is you get to release the burden and especially when it's generational i i have that's my family generational my grandmothers both of them they was horrible when it came to my mother so then it trickled down to my mother and her siblings they 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 you know they weren't raised together they don't love each other then it trickled down with me and my sibling we don't, you know what I'm saying? We, we, you know, that she's trying to, you know, they, I'm, I don't know how to process, um, loving her or being with her or dealing with her 
because of the fact that I was not raised with her. But then I also know that she had adverse feelings uh, towards my mother. My mother had adverse feelings toward her. I'm sitting in the middle. That's generational unforgiveness. Because my sister, she claimed that she don't hate her no more. But the fact that she ever did, she harbored that for all of that time. My mother, my mother, she, I never heard her say she hated my sister, but she didn't like her ways. And she didn't like her as a person. And nobody ever said they were sorry. So now my mama's gone. My sister's here. I don't really know how to feel. I'm all in the middle as always because loving her is betraying my mother. Not loving her is hurting her. So that's why I'm like, oh, I'm like, I have to go back to therapy because this is generational un unforgiveness. And when, when unforgiveness goes untreated, it is literally passed down to the next generation. And that's what's going on with my mother's siblings. My grandmother did some horrible things when she was young. And it adversely affect all nine of her kids. And my, I had to, I had to, me and my siblings had to deal with the the generational hurt that my grandmother caused her because it was you you know and and some of the abandonment some of the pain some of the atrocities are so hard to release i'm not saying that it's going to be easy but i am saying it's going to be necessary because forgiveness is important because you can't it, what it does is unforgiveness is bond holds you in a bondage and it puts a vice grip hold on you that it seems like it's it's un, impossible to release also when you are a forgiving person that means you're a very strong person a courageous person because this is not an easy feat and some of us and I've had, I, I had to check my own self. Forgave or not so much. A lot of times you be like, I forgave somebody. Like, for instance, my ex-husband. I was like, you out here treating uh, your bullshit with my health insurance? You up in here being low down to me and using my, and pulling my in insurance card for my damn job out? Because I got the better insurance? And so... I was like, okay, y'all, you have to release that. It's said and done. I can't undo the doctor's appointments that he had from way back in 2012 and 13. I can't undo that. It's said and done. Let it go. And like I said, when you don't feel like you want to get revenge or hurt that person, that's how you know that you've gotten to a good place of forgiveness I can literally see him now and I'm I'm not angry and I also once I released the unforgiveness then I was able to see the things that he did do the parts where he did add to my life I was able to see what he, the things that he did do the good things that he did do I was able to see them once I got to a place where I was releasing the unforgiveness. It's power in forgiveness. And the and, and like I said before, a lot of times the trauma and the tragedies and the things that a person has inflicted upon you upon you, it is purpose driven. Cause sometimes we need it to go through that situation so that we can help other women, so we can help other children, so we can help homeless people. Well, we can accept that. So sometimes we're placed in these bad, these situations that seem to be horrible, but we have to do a release, do a forgiveness, and then see how we can revert that into an ability to help others, to be able to come through on the other side of the situation like you did. 
You can maybe give them some pointers to get there faster, where they can get grace, where you can help them. It's sometimes too, because not being able to forgive themselves, you don't never know. Uh, one conversation may turn somebody's whole situation around. And another thing you all need to understand, when you forgive, you open up your life to a forgiving space. So when you're in a forgiving space and it's clear of the nonsense, it leaves room for you to attract and usher in the forgiving people, the people who have love, the people who will give you grace because you know how to give grace now. You know how to give forgiveness now. So you will be able to receive it back. Because let me tell you something, this, uh, this generational unforgiveness isn't worth you destroying yourself and your family for years to come. So again, I ask you, is, for, is unforgiveness worth it? And it, yes or no, or maybe so, but these are the questions you should be asking yourself. Because that, un that forgiveness, it takes the pressure and the stress off of you, off of your mind, off of your body, off of your soul, off of your men mentalness. The stress that unforgiveness puts on your body is, is can root causes of anxiety, depression, high blood pressure, overeating, promiscuity, uh, behavioral outbursts, behavioral dis dis disorder, um, ang anger, anxiety, like I said. <clears throat> and you have to think about it. It also could be the root cause of a lot of, of life-threatening illnesses like stroke and heart attack. Yes, of course, food and diet and cigarettes and smoke and alcohol. Yes, those are also an environmental, those things. But you got to realize too, then when you sprinkle it with unforgiveness, that's just a, that's just a, it's, it's a destructive cocktail of life. This is why I said, oh, I had to get myself back into therapy, therapy currently so I can make sure I'm dealing with any un unforgiveness. I'm angry at my mom for leaving me here by myself. That's one of the biggest ones. It keeps coming back. So I was like, okay, I got to deal with that. Because I, like I said, I want a loving and free and clear inner space that my new love that he can be ushered in and I can I can bring him into my life and love space and we can thrive. So my cuties, I'm going to leave you with this question for the week. What are your forgiveness goals for this week? Pick one, pick two, pick three. But pick something. Take some actionary steps to get you toward a better head space, heart space, health space, mental health space. And the reason, and, and this is the thing, we can help each other along the way. When I learn something, I can pass it on to the cuties. And when you learn something, you can pass it on to a friend. You can pass it on to a family member, a sibling. You can pass it on to a, if you and a coworker are pretty good friends. But the thing is, is, is that if it's something, whether it's just one sentence that I said in this podcast episode today, and you can share it, share it on social media, you don't know who is in silence, hurting in silence. Because nobody checks on the strong friend. Nobody. I know that firsthand. Nobody asks the strong friend if they're okay. So what I say to my cuties is, is that we have to do the work to be better. We deserve to be better. We deserve the very best. We deserve happiness and joy and peace and to be in a good mental headspace. We deserve love. We deserve happiness. We deserve joy. And sometimes we're going to have to do a little work. But I know my cuties is not afraid of a little work. Because I'm doing it. 
And like I said, today I'm I'm talking to you guys. It's it, it may be an okay day, but I'll, uh, I, two hours can pass by, and and it can be turned upside down. Because when you in low grade pain, to the naked eye you look fine to people. But when you get in that space where you're alone and you're quiet with your head thoughts and you feel like they're taking over you. That's when you have to take your pen to paper. That's when you have to get your copay. Because it's strength in asking for help. That's what my therapist said to me. The fact that you came to seek help is strength in that. You see, I'm passing it on to y'all. I'm going to use my copay and I'm going to give y'all some of this because I know I'm not the only one where generational unforgiveness has impacted their lives. We carry in burdens that wasn't even originally ours. And if you're doing that and you have children Seriously thinking about get seriously think about getting the help, getting your action plan of healing so that you won't do that to your kids. You love them, that's what you say now. So love them enough to get the help to become the best cutie you know how to be. My cutie moms, I I know that momming is so hard and it's so time consuming. But even if you just take five minutes a day, this is for my cutie moms. Just take five minutes in that bathroom. Wake up five or ten minutes early before everybody get up. And just 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 either if you gotta write it down or 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 turn the turn the audio on and and and, and speak it or whatever you gotta do, but just take a few minutes for you so that you won't pass. Because see, your children learn from your actions. So you don't want to pass the generational anxiety, the inner the generational hurt, the generational unforgiveness, the generational things that have, have not served families for years, decades, sometimes centuries. So I hope today's episode was jam-packed with something that you can use. Because I want you all to know that I'm thankful for you for listening. I appreciate you. Because a lot of times we don't even hear that we're appreciated. So I'm letting you know I appreciate you. I appreciate your listening. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your kindness and your thoughts. Like I said, share this episode with someone you know that may need to be need that may need some help or you you or you may not even know how to ask them if they're okay. Just forward them the just forward the episode to them. But everything is gonna be okay. And I'm gonna tell you, I don't know how. I'm still figuring it out. But please understand, I will continue to keep you all updated and stay tuned because here at the Cute Girls Club. We're here. As you can see, you hear it every week in the intro. We're here to talk about love, finances, um, health, wealth, increase, the things that are going to make us better cuties. I thank you all again for listening, and I want you to have an amazing week. Hey, cuties. I hope you had lots of fun hanging out with us today. Please like, share, and subscribe so you get notified when new episodes drop. Or follow the Cute Girls Club on Instagram and TikTok. Until next time, stay cute in these streets. Thanks for listening.